0: Hey, this is Bradley Weber. I'm the pastor of Release City Church, and this is our podcast. I'm super excited that you tuned in, and I really hope today's message encourages you, gives you a sense of hope, and inspires you to pursue all that God has created you to be. Now, let's jump right into today's message. Amen. I am, uh, I, I it's, uh, woo emotional day for so many reasons. So honored that this house is full, seeing the vision of that what God wants to do through a small community of believers. And we're more than community, we're family. Everybody say family. Yeah. And, and Amy says it, she does say it every week, but it doesn't matter you whether this is your first time or hundredth time, you are family to us. We, we have one father, his name is God the Father, his son is Jesus, and, and they're all one. I don't want to get into all that today, but I want you to know that he loves you more than you could ever imagine, and he has an amazing plan for your life and for your family. Amen. If you believe it, say Amen. Well, I came to announce today on Easter Sunday that it is Easter is not just a rumor. He is risen. It's not just some gossip that took place on the streets of Jerusalem. He is risen. Jesus was literally beaten, ridiculed, tortured and crucified on a cross, on a Roman cross. But the cross was not the end of the story. That's a portion of it, and there's so much that that rests upon what took place on the cross. But today, I want us to look at the tomb today as as we get ready, because the tomb is empty today, still today. The tomb is empty so that you and I don't have to live an empty life. Did you hear what I said? That the tomb is empty still to this day, and the reason that he got up was so that we can live a victorious and a life full of freedom. Welcome to church today. Let me just get that right out there. Welcome to church. Welcome to Release City. Those of you that are are our first-time family, uh, man, I'm so glad that you guys are here today. I've got a very simple message that I want to share for just a few moments. Uh, If you're ready to dive in, everybody say, I'm ready to go let's do it let's go to the book of matthew today book of matthew chapter 28 this is one of the most important um sundays of all the sundays that we gather together this is one of the most important messages um not not the substance of what i'm speaking on but but the the the, who it's talking about is very important every sermon every talk that we've ever shared together on sunday all comes down to this one day Every, 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 every subject matter all comes back to this matter. So here we are, Matthew chapter 28. I'm going to read from the New King James Version today, Uh, and it starts out this way. Now, after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, that would be Jesus' mother, came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door, and he sat on it. I think that's funny, that the one thing that the enemy thought would secure the Son of God, the angel came, moved it out of the way, and sat on it. I think there's sometimes some things that, that the enemy and the world throws at us and the things that try to come against our families and come against our marriage. We need to move with the power of God. See, don't try to do it on your own. With the power of God. I know I'm in a verse. I'm going to get back to it. Flow with me. And, and, and that we should take whatever that thing is, whatever's attacking your marriage, whatever's attacking your students, your family, your kids, your, your young people, you need to take and move it and then sit on it and go, the, where, the very thing that you thought was going to take me out, I'm using it to rest on. See, the thing, the thing that was trying to cause, cr- create turmoil in me, oh, because it's standing in my way. No, I'm going to now rest on this thing. I'm already preaching. And I hadn't given the title yet. Are you all there? Here we go. So he rolled back the stone from the door and he sat on it. His countenance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know you seek Jesus who was crucified. (laughs) He is not here, for He is risen as He said. Come and see the place where the Lord lay, and then go quickly and tell the disciples that He is risen from the dead. And indeed, He is going before you into Galilee. There you will see Him. Behold, I have told you. So they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to bring his disciples the word a title today's talk simply this and it's actually a question that i want to ask you today and it's simply this are you walking in absolute freedom are the, the the cross represented So much for us by his stripes he was he was wounded for our transgressions He was bruised for our iniquities and by his stripes we are made whole But the tomb Represents Victory and the freedom that we have The capability of walking in So are you walking in absolute freedom? I encourage you to take notes today I'm going to give you just a few points and then we're going to go home and eat a delicious um, whatever you cooked at your house, let me know and i and we'll, we'll, show up. Amen. <laughs> Pastors hungry today. Did you come hungry today? Actually, my bride is going to take care of us. And as, as I know your family is going to be taken care of, but I came hungry for God's word today. Are you walking in absolute freedom? Are you living your best life? Joel Osteen. <laughs> are, no, are you living your best life or is your life full of turmoil? Don't answer that. That's a rhetorical question. Are you living your life full of anxiety and fear? Does the current political news on your one-eyed devil, that, that TV, does that, does, that, does that news that's coming across the airwaves into your Sirius XM car, is that political news, is it causing torment on the inside of you? Is it causing you to reach for another extra uh, uh, blood pressure pill to keep things under control? Hello? Sometimes, I, sometimes I've always said I just want to know just enough so that I'm not dumb. I want to know just enough so, so that something's not getting pulled over me. But sometimes just a little bit is too much. You can take that for what it's worth, but sometimes it's not even worth. All I need to know is it don't matter. God is in control. He controls my life. He's in control of this thing. And in my destiny, my future, it belongs to him. And it don't matter what 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 Johnny Jill and whoever else is up in that 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 dome White House with the cat, it doesn't matter. God is still in control. He is the Lord of my life. Amen? And he's the Lord of your life. Hallelujah. How about your marriage? Are you walking in absolute freedom in your marriage? With a marriage full of love, or is there anger issues? Is there bitterness? Is there always arguing? Is there unforgiveness? Is there a lack of trust? What about your other relationships? What about your coworkers? What about, oh, do I do I tread lightly? No, I'll say it. What about relationships with other family members? Hello? Because then not a one of us have a perfect family across the street. Hello. <laughs> What about your relationships at work? I learned a long time ago you can't control people, but you can control your response to their stupidity and ignorance. Yes, I said it. That doesn't mean I need to go tell them that they are. They already know. <laughs> Somebody say, I don't know about this preacher. I, I can't tell. Is he preaching the word or is he, is he aggravated? No, 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 no. I'm just listen. The enemy will use family, the enemy will use your spouse, the enemy will use your kids, the enemy will use somebody sitting down the row, even at church from you to create and cause division in your life. The Bible says that the enemy is the author of division. Anything that is creating chaos in your life, I'm not saying blame everything on the devil, but he'll use, he'll use a pastor to create division. That's why we've got to check ourselves before we wreckety-wreck ourselves you can't control other people but there's much more happening in this story than just the death burial and resurrection of Jesus listen we all know the Easter story even if you're not a believer for the most part you're familiar with the story of Jesus and Easter Every Easter, we celebrate the resurrection, and we celebrate the tomb. Now, I've already said it. The tomb is not the emphasis today, but, but my, I want to emphasize rather what the tomb represents. For believers and followers of Jesus, the tomb is something that represents absolute and complete victory. The tomb is something that Jesus accomplished For each and every one of us today, the tomb for believers represents freedom. The tomb is a reminder of what the enemy could not do to Jesus. And the same power that brought Christ out of that grave lives in each one of us. If you have a relationship with Jesus, you have access to the same power. You don't have to have a dead, dried up marriage. Hello, keep it hot. That's probably too much for an Easter, but I'm just telling you how it is. The same power lives and dwells in us. The tomb is a demonstration of absolute victory and complete freedom. And when we invite Jesus into our heart and we surrender our life to him, it's because of what he accomplished on that day that makes that same freedom and that same victory accessible to you and I. Amen. Do you believe it? Say amen. amen. Being raised in a pastor's home, I've heard the Easter story literally all my life. I've been in all those plays, the Christmas plays, I probably told you before, where, where, where it, we, we lived in North Carolina and, and I was a sheep. And because and, I was just a little bitty guy, and, and they, they did this little plastic, uh, uh, cardboard cutout of a sheep, and they, and they took the little white uh, stuffing thing. Y'all, Mamas, y'all know what I'm talking about. Did you put in pillows and stuff? And they put it on the front, and I, ha- I can't do it because I'm too old, and I might not be able to get back up, but you can just envision with me. And I had to carry that thing across. I've, I've See, I've done all that stuff. I've, I've been in the Easter plays and, and all of those things. And, but as an adult, I've got to be honest with you. As I read the Easter story, and I look at the disciples and how they responded. And I look at the women that were in Jesus' life, Mary Magdalene and his mother and others. Jesus' own mother, Thomas and Peter, the disciples on the road to Emmaus. I've got to be honest, when I read this story as an adult, I'm quite dis- excuse me, disappointed with their reaction and their response to the cross. And I'm blown away by their response to the tomb. Now, I'm not being judgmental because I can almost hear Peter sliding back the chair in heaven today going, hey, hey, little B, be careful. You weren't there. So I'm not being judgmental, but I got to be honest. You wrote, come on, come on, Peter, you, you, you want to start the conversation? <laughs> Somebody said, he's lost his mind. Now he's talking to invisible people. No, they're not dead. They're just not here. We'll see him again. Yeah. And, so, and so, so I can almost see him going, you weren't there. But, but I, I got to ask. They were with Jesus 24-7. He even told them, hey, guys, boys, this is going to happen. Yet they freaked out and lost their mind and just felt like everything was falling apart when it actually happened. As I began preparing for today's message, I began looking at this story again, and I looked I look at the life of Jesus and I look at everything that he stood for. I look at everything that he did. I look at the power that Jesus operated in. He turned water into wine. That's probably every Christian's favorite verse in the Bible. It's okay to laugh at that. That was just a preacher joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I look at, I look at everything that he did and, and the power that people saw. And I mean, we read in Scripture where Jesus raised people from the dead, right? And then even predicted his own death and his own resurrection. And after everything, these people who were the closest to Jesus, they saw all that, all the miracles, all the amazing moments. After all that, I'm completely blown away by their reaction and their response. But what blows my mind in this story is the fact that every single miracle that Jesus did, and even after having shared with them about his own soon death and resurrection. What's crazy to me is the fact that not one single person was sitting by the tomb on Sunday, after everything they had seen, after he predicted, I will, I he told them every how it's going to be, and three days later, I'll, can you no? There was nobody at the tomb. Think about it, and I started asking myself, where would I have been? There's that part of me goes, well, I'd have been at the tomb but would I have really been at the tomb? Not one single person who had been by Jesus' side throughout his ministry was standing by the tomb waiting to see the freedom that Jesus preached would happen. How many of us sitting here today have a promise from from God, have a promise from heaven, but because it's delayed... He could have called 10,000 angels to pull him off that cross and still everything would have been supreme. But he needed you and I to know that the tomb is empty so you and I don't have to live empty. There's a purpose for everything. I might not always understand. I might not always agree with it, but there is a purpose. Where would you have been if you were there that day? having saw all the miracles, Peter walking on water, and I've seen all this stuff, blind people, deaf people healed. And he says, hey, guys, I'm going to die, but I'm going to rise again. And not one single person was there waiting to see. We see so many responses in Scripture to what was taking place, but the one thing that I want you to see is, The grave represents true freedom. If you're taking notes today, write that down. The grave represents true freedom. The grave represents absolute victory. But yet so many Christians aren't experiencing the freedom that we have access to. And I'm including myself. We see the disciples experiencing pain and loss because Jesus is no longer with them. We we know the story of doubting Thomas, Thomas who who he didn't even he said I, I'm going to have to put my my fingers in his side or in in, in his hands. I, I need to see. I got I I just got to know. We see the women as they approach the tomb, experiencing great pain and anguish. Yet not one of them are walking in true freedom. They're just going to pay their respects. I don't even know that they were going expecting to see what. They were told by Jesus it was gonna happen. What has he told you today? What has he told you that hasn't happened yet that you've you've just turned and walked away? What, what, what promise of God, what loved one have you been praying for? What healing have you been praying for that hasn't, hasn't come to pass yet, and it's almost like it's in the tomb, and you don't want, and God, God made you a promise. I'm telling you, it doesn't have to be your time schedule. And most of the time, when you try to put God on a time schedule, he will do the exact opposite. I'm spitting way too much up here today. He would do the exact opposite. Nudge your neighbor. Tell him, say, "Trust him, trust him." So, are you walking in true freedom? Are you walking in the power that the tomb represents? Listen, I'm not saying that 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 believing and walking in that freedom prevents you and I from going through issues. I'm not saying that 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 declaring I'm going to walk in freedom, that 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 having the freedom around you that nothing is going to come at you. Hear me today. That's, I, I, that's not my message. I think that's how we, will just get saved and everything will be cheesecake and pie. Everything will be hunky-dory. No, that's, that's when all hell comes against you. I tell, I tell, I tell people uh, that I officiate their weddings all the time, and, and, and I tell them, I was like, you know, now that you're doing it the way God wants it to be done, you, you thought that there was issues with, with other families and, and, and all the Because how many knows that things get crazy when you, when, when, when you bring marriage into the mix? Amen? Listen. Ah, I just lost my train of thought. No, that's not an amen. I need it to come back, brother. <laughs> I need it to come back because I was going somewhere. Somebody jog my memory. Yeah, that's not helping me. That's when I get trying to veer away from my notes and listen to the Holy Spirit, and then I just got sidetracked. Yes, when you start doing stuff the right way, that's when the enemy's going to come at you. Amen. You think you had hell coming at you when you was getting freaky, and, oh, I'm sorry, and doing stuff, you know, before marriage and all of that. You actually, you actually get and do it the way God's word says you do it. Let me tell you something. You're putting a target on your back. Amen. So we go into premarital counseling with these guys, and I tell these, this guy, the, the, the guys and girls, I'm like, hey, listen, you, you Get ready. I applaud you for doing it the right way, but just know it's not going to be easy. And the same is true with our Christian walk. Just because I say, oh, to Jesus, I surrender. Guess what? Saying those words, the enemy hears you and he goes, I'm going to press on you and I'm going to press on you and I'm going to see if you'll break. And that's when you take that one thing that the enemy's putting in front of you, you move it out of the way and instead of freaking out like we do, you sit on it and rest. Yeah. Today before we walk out of this place, this room, man, we're doing so good on time. I want to leave you with three thoughts. I want to leave you with three things that would have kept kept the boys kept Mary and Mary, kept his followers, would have kept them at the tomb. I want, to give, I want to share three things with you today that will keep you sustained in the middle of a storm that we call life. Three things that if they just reminded themselves, it would have kept them. I'm not saying that it would have stopped the pain of the experience that they were having, but there are three thoughts that will sustain in the middle of a trial. The first one we read it, it's Matthew 28, 5 and 6. And it said, But the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. Oh, he's not here, for he is risen. Here it is, just as he said. Point number one if you want to live a life that uh, live a life of absolute freedom and victory victory, you need to stick to the script. You do realize that it was all scripted. If they would have just stuck to the script, I've already said it. He told them what was going to happen. He told them what the end result was going to be. The tomb, him being in it, was not the end result. And ladies and gentlemen, where you are today and chaos and, 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 listen, that's not the end. It's the end if you say it is. It'll be the end if you let it be. Stick to the script. Think about it. This thing was unfolding right before them. But they didn't stick to the script. What's the script? God's Word. We read in Scripture that this Word is a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. Yes. Ansel Grace came to me this morning and said, Hey, Dad, I'm a uh, uh, hundred days in and you've read how many books? Nine books of the Bible. I'm not, I, dude, she's done that on her own. It's not, it's not dad going, I mean, me, you know, me going, hey, have you read your Bible? She's doing all that on her own. Because let me tell you something. When you and Connor, when you when you got in, in in less than 12 months, oh my gosh. When y'all get married, Connor, y'all gotta stick to the script. It stinks for them because they in the house with, with dad and, and father-in-law. But I'm going to tell them the same thing. Stick to the script. You think it's crazy just because you're a PK. And you've, and you've chosen to make a stance on your beliefs. Listen, when you do it God's way, the enemy wants He's going to he keep pushing to see if he can break you down. Oh, and he's not gonna let up now. Now that there's a now that there's a goal line, now that there's he's gonna push even more to see if he can get you to break before you get there. Just a little teachable moment. Sorry. We all family. Y'all pray for Connor and Ansley. Yeah, pray for Pastor B. No, I actually pray for Amy because she's the one that has to deal with Pastor B. <laughs> Can I tell you what the script says? The script says, in this world, you will have trouble and you will have trials. But he then goes on to tell the boys, but guess what? Take heart because I have overcome the world. And then he even said, I tell you this so you will have peace. Peace when? Peace in the middle of a trial and a storm. You're gonna, the storm's coming. Storm's coming, baby. Storm's coming. But you don't have to be fret and, and freaked out and fearful and, and anxious. See, when life gets crazy and I'm all of a sudden faced with some jacked-up circumstances and all I got to do is remember what the script said. See, you can walk in complete freedom regardless of what's happening around you. Now, that preaches real good. But how quickly we become rattled when situations get out of our control. Touch your neighbor, tell them, say, stick to the script. The second thought that I want to leave you with this morning... It's found in Matthew 26 where Jesus took the disciples to the Garden of Gethsemane. This was hours prior to, just hours prior to him being arrested when he was betrayed by one of his closest. Hello. Anybody ever been betrayed by somebody you let on your inner, inner circle? It happened to Jesus. And the cool thing about Jesus was he already knew who it was going to happen and he knew who it was and he was okay with it. That's called having peace. Yeah, but he was Jesus. No, he was God in the flesh. He was fully God, yet he was fully man. He had all knowledge, but he still felt the emotions and everything that we still deal with. Down here, you and I. That's why he came. Not so that so that he could go, I am God, and, and never and never experience what we feel. Never knowing what betrayal feels like. Betrayal stinks, doesn't it? Matthew 26, 46, he took him to the garden and he he said, will you watch with me and pray? And then there came the moment that he said these words, rise and let's go. See, my betrayer is at hand. Basically, he was saying, Judas is on his way. I need you to, and here it is, point number two, I need you to stay close. He said, let us be going. If you want to live a life of freedom, you got to stay close to Jesus. But too many Christians go through crisis outside the church. Because they feel like, well, I got to have it all together to come into the church. No, that's not true. Because <laughs> you're looking at a pastor that makes jacked up decisions every day. Every day. Attitude is on point sometimes. Sometimes. And in other times, it ain't on point. Hello. Dude passed me on the road the other day like, like, he, like his car was on fire. And I, just some, something blurted out. My, he couldn't hear me, but it felt good to say it. Well, I'm just being real. Is that too real for you? Stay close to Jesus. When Jesus told them, let's be going," this is what I heard. I heard it's going to be hard. It's about to get tough. It's about to become unexplainable. Oh, yeah, and it's going to hurt, and it's going to be difficult, but if you'll stay close to me, you will walk in freedom. So how do we experience true freedom in this life? Even in the middle of so much disappointment and pain, how do we do it? It's real simple. Stick to the script and stay close to the Savior. This is so simple and so profound. Jesus said in John fifteen five, I am the vine... And you are the branches. Remain in me, and I in you, and you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Many years ago, Sabrina and Kelly, at the request of Pastor B, because I, I like to change things up, I said, "Hey, can you go out in the woods and cut down some trees and spray paint them?" They had some choice words for Pastor B too. Do you remember, Sabrina? Y'all were like, we had you had us out there spray painting on a windy day. Paint was going everywhere. They looked like the stay Puft marshmallow man, just, just white everywhere. And, and, and they still look like they look healthy, don't they? Like somebody asked, what, just a few minutes ago, are those real trees? I said, yes, they are still real. But there's no fruit on them. Why? Because they were cut from the vine. They were cut from the trunk of that tree. What am I saying? Stay close to him when it gets hard, when it gets difficult. Stay close to him when you feel like you have every reason to pull away. Hello. The pain and the loss of this death of this family member, it hurts so much. I don't want anything to do with God. Ever been there? The betrayal of a loved one. Oh God, I I tithe and I I sing and, and I serve at the church. Why is this happening to me? Because you tithe, because you sing at the church, because you serve. He's trying to break you. Stay close to him when it doesn't make sense. Stay close even though you you don't understand what he's asking you to do. Or it looks different than how you think it should be happening. Stay close to God when it hurts. Stay close to the Savior when everybody else abandons him. Stay close to him when you don't feel like it. You remember that message my dad preached that time? I don't feel like it. How many times do we say that in a week? Hello, Christians. I don't feel like it. Honey, I don't feel like it. Hey, babe, can you take the trash out? I don't feel like it. You want to walk in freedom? Stick to the script. And stay close to the Savior. Let me give you these real quick. How do you know if you're close to the Savior? Just just do a little check on yourself. How do you know if you're close to the Savior? There'll be fruit. Because a branch that's disconnected from the vine can't produce fruit. Same thing's true in your marriage. If you have no fruit in your marriage, and I'm not talking about producing young'uns, okay? But if you have no fruit, if it's dead and dried up, could it be that you've been disconnected from the vine Second thing, you'll know if you're staying close You'll be growing Now, don't judge yourself spiritually Based on the, where the person's sitting next to you At the moment or down the row Where they are spiritually That's the wrong, that's the wrong thing that's what the enemy wants you to do. What you're just not as good as them. No, no, no. How you? I don't even like to use the word judge yourself, but how you how you check yourself is you go. Am I the same? Am I at the same place spiritually today that I was yesterday? Am I growing? Am I at the same place spiritually today that I was this time last year? Am I growing? If there is no spiritual growth in you, if you're not if you're not tackling hurdles or going over hurdles, could it be? That you've been disconnected from the vine. The third thing is is, God get, is is God getting the credit for your life. Yeah, you can make you could be successful, you, you, but is God getting the credit? You may have a lot of influence, but is God getting the credit? The very one thing that I always want I, and our leadership team to know, and, and you guys as a church body, no matter how God expands our influence as a ministry, He will always get the credit. It is not about Bradley, it is not about Amy, it's not about the Weber family, it's about God. It's not even about Release City Church, it's about Release City Church. You are the body of Christ. When we get that mixed up, that's when we fall into issues. And I've been a part of seeing that, I've been a part of watching men that have been used by God mightily break down because they got it Just got it mixed up. And I'm not perfect. And it could happen. But I make sure that I surround myself and I have some protocols to make sure that I'm protected and I'm guarded. It's when I become, that I feel like I'm invincible, and you as well, that the enemy can attack and will drop. Is God getting the credit? When people look at your life, do they see you or do they see God's favor at work in you? Write that down. When people see me, when people see you, do they see you or do they see God's favor on you? I can't tell you the number of times Amy and I, we've been in other states. I'm showing you how this works. This is not... This is not. To to pat me on the back, because I've already told you, I'm not perfect. That's why I really get uncomfortable when people shine the light. Babe, you remember times we've been like in Atlanta, or or I don't remember where we were, and somebody came across the mall, and they just said, oh, we don't know what it is. They don't know us. And they're like, there is something on you. There's something about you. Man, I, I wear that with a badge of honor because I'm like, yeah, it's called the favor of God. It has nothing to do with my charisma because I can tell some funny jokes that make the church laugh. It, none of, it has nothing to do with any of that. It has to do with there's the favor of God on my life because, because I, I'm surrendering to him and I want to make sure that I'm positioned that I never get struck or taken down by the enemy. Can you say the same? in closing, in closing, The third and final thought that I want to give you on how to walk in absolute freedom is found in Luke 24. This was after the crucifixion. This was after the resurrection. And it says this, Now behold, two of them, the disciples, were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus. Everything had fallen apart. Everything that they had built up to, man, we're, 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 we're in the inner circle of Jesus. It's gone. So they're on their way to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of all the things which had happened. So it was, they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself, excuse me. So it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself, he's been resurrected Jesus himself drew near and went with them but their eyes were restrained so they did not know him they didn't know him and he said to them what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad then one of one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him are you the only stranger in Jerusalem and have you not known the things which happened there in these days and he said to them what things <laughs> this is Jesus what things so they said to him the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth who was a prophet mighty indeed and word before God what, excuse me he was mighty indeed and word before God and all the people do you see what happened right here they left the script. See, when Jesus was performing miracles, life was good and they called him savior prior to the cross. Life was good, he's our savior. Now they're talking about Jesus and say, oh, he's just a prophet. They got their eyes off the script. When you get your eyes off the script, You lose sight of your faith. I did not say you lose your faith. I said you lose sight of your faith. Did you hear me? Verse 20 says, And how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified. But we we were hoping, everybody say hope. We were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. The third way to walk in absolute freedom is you've got to have hope in him. They had hope in what they thought he was going to do for them. We were hoping that it was going to be he that was going to redeem Israel. Oh, he did. Just not the way that they thought he should have done. I wonder how many Christians never truly experienced the freedom that Jesus paid the price for us to walk in. Because they don't have hope in who he is. Their hope is in what they want him to do for them. The thing that I find so amazing about the Easter story is this. Despite the fact that not not one person was where they were supposed to be at the tomb and every single person that was closest to Jesus had given up and everybody lost hope even, even a- after all that even after, even after the, uh, 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 Peter denied Jesus three times even after all that Jesus found and met with every single person where they were at where was Peter? he went back to what he, what he always did fishing even down to doubting Thomas it doesn't say this in the Bible and, but I like to use my imagination I don't know the conversation that Jesus had with his father through the process of the death, the burial and the resurrection but it's clear that the only markings that were left From what took place were the the nail-pierced hands in his feet, right? And I think maybe the sign. Could it have been that Jesus said, Hey, take away all the beating marks, take away all the get me all cleaned up, but hey, leave these. Because there's gonna be this guy named Thomas. He's gonna need, he's gonna need to touch. And I'm telling you today, church, family, it doesn't matter where you are, how jaded your view of him is, you're not here by accident today. And he has come to meet with you just where you are. Showed up this Easter Sunday morning to to tell you that God sees you did you hear me God sees you and he knows right where you are he sees more than just your current location he sees he sees where you're going to be tomorrow he sees what's going to come at you tomorrow that you have no idea and he's asking you today Will you shift your focus from if it happens, this is how I'll respond to if it happens, this is how i respond. There was no defensive posture for Jesus. This was the way he went out. In my own life, I need to live it like this. How about you? I've asked the worship team to come and I think I'm going to try to help with this song. As they're getting ready to transition, just leave that music right there playing until we're ready, Connor. I'm going to invite you to to close your eyes and just want you to listen. They're actually going to turn the stage lights off. And I want you to, to, to ask within yourself, am I where God wants me to be? Is my marriage the marriage that God wants me to have? Do I have the relation? Am I a part of the relationships, the friendships that I have, the people that I'm hanging out with? Are they people that God would want me to hang out with? Are they actually, because I'm telling you, God has a plan and a purpose for your life. There's no judgment here. This is not a judgmental pastor. But I'm telling you, God has a plan for your life and there's a place that he is trying to lead you. There is so much more that he has for you. You say, oh man, my marriage is cool. My marriage is good. I'm telling you, it can be better. I talk about marriage almost every single Sunday because marriage is what the enemy goes after Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday and even on Sunday. He visits the homes of most Christians and leaves everybody else in the world alone on Sundays. Because he's trying to make an argument happen at the house so you don't even come to this house or a house, church, house of worship. So with every head bowed and every eye closed as they get ready to transition this, I, I just want to invite you to simply ask yourself, am I where I need to be with God? I'm going to give you a, a, an opportunity to make a decision. I want to say a quick prayer with you before we go. and We're going to go eat lunch. But you can be saved today. Just come as you are. Well, thanks again for tuning in. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. For more content from Release City or just to stay connected with us, be sure to check us out on all of our social media platforms at Release City Church or our website at releasecitychurch.org. We love you, and until next time, the best (laughs) is yet to come.